I am Cheryl Witten, and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. Have you ever been curious about aromatherapy and did a simple internet search, landed on a result and thought, that can't be right? The sad truth is most of the information out there about aromatherapy is not correct. It's my mission to change that. Join me in my new course, The Science of Aromatherapy, and learn about the science and chemistry of essential oils, drug interactions, safety considerations, contraindications, and botanical profiles of the 10 most popular essential oils. Visit livelovelemon.com forward slash science course to enroll. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, I want to talk about eczema. I know some of you probably call it eczema. It doesn't roll off my tongue that way, so I'm going to call it eczema. Eczema is something that we have dealt with in our little family since the birth of our children, and it's actually something a lot of people ask me about. So I wanted to go over eczema and aromatherapy today. So what is eczema? Eczema is a skin condition usually called atopic dermatitis or atopic eczema. It is a chronic relapsing condition that results in puritis or itchy skin, inflammation, red to brownish gray patches, thick, cracked, scaly skin, really dry skin. So you often find it around your hands, ankles, feet, back of knees, the bend of the elbows, and it often shows up in children under age five. And so on children, we often see it on the scalp and the face. So cradle cap on the scalp, just to note, is different, and that's usually caused by oil buildup that's not eczema. So the causes of eczema are not fully clear. However, genetic and environmental factors are likely to play a role. It can be its own distinct condition, or it can be a result of an underlying systemic condition, so we can see it along with other skin conditions, other health problems. It is generally thought to be an overactive immune system responding to irritants. It goes in hand with allergies, hay fever, asthma, and people who have these conditions usually have a higher chance of having eczema and vice versa. In fact, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Food Allergy Expert Panel suggests that food allergens like cow's milk, eggs, wheat, soy, and peanuts should be restricted in patients under five years of age with moderate to severe atopic eczema. There's a bit of debate about that because some research indicates that if you restrict allergens too much, you actually end up with a stronger allergic response, and so that's not a good thing. However, these two kind of go hand in hand. These things go together. Research also shows that eczema is a problem with the skin barrier. So some people have a mutation in the gene that creates filaggrin. So what is that? Well, filaggrin is a protein that helps maintain a healthy skin barrier. So without enough of this protein, the barrier is weak, moisture escapes, and bacteria and microbes can enter. But not everyone who has eczema has the gene mutation. And functional and or naturopathic medicine kind of takes a different approach here too as well. And they really kind of focus on the immune system. And this view is very adamant that the gut is also involved. And so we know that there is a correlation between the microbiome and eczema and the microbiome and the skin. So the skin, in fact, actually has its own microbiome which is very different in people with eczema than in those with healthy skin. 
So in eczema, that microbiome diversity changes, and there's actually mostly Staphylococcus aureus bacteria on the skin. But specifically, the overall microbiome, which involves the the microbiome in the gut specifically, and most of your microbiome is in your gut, and that affects the immune system, the skin, and the lungs. So these organisms that make up the microbiome actually modulate our innate or natural immune system and our adaptive immune system. So the microbiome is a really key piece of this here. And so we begin to have a bit of a picture that eczema appears to be part, you know, allergic or a problem with the immune system, that's what allergies are, part an impaired skin barrier and part a microbiome problem. So what are the things then that might be interfering with the microbiome and the immune system? Well, there can be sort of mutations in in genes related to the immune system, but this can also be a piece of the microbiome. So the environment that we live in, the pollution that we live in, the food we eat, antibiotic use, and a whole slew of other things can all affect our microbiome but also the products we use on our skin. So as we said, the skin has its own microbiome and it changes in all areas across the skin. So, you know, the the biome on your your face might be a little bit different than on your back, for example. Your skin is a huge organ. So that biome varies a little bit. But really when it comes to the microbiome on the skin, we want a healthy balance of bacteria. So it's quite easy to get an imbalance of common bacteria and that, you know, those things that cause acne, for example, or a fungal infection. But we know that if we have a healthy microbiome, those organisms can actually help stop the colonization or the growth of the so-called bad bugs. And that's a good thing. If we keep that balanced, we can help support the strength and the integrity of the skin as well as that skin's immune response. So there's sort of a chicken-egg situation here. Perhaps we have a a situation where because of impaired skin barrier, the microbiome is affected in people with eczema, which leads to that staph bacteria that's often there. And so then that is a change in the microbiome. But we also know that the products that we use on our skin can change or affect the microbiome. So hand sanitizers, for example, that kill those microorganisms, that's the point of them, right? Those obviously alter your microbiome. Harsh products that are too alkaline that you might use on your face, for example, like skincare products or soaps, or products that strip the natural oils, those can all alter that the skin environment. Harsh scrubs and exfoliants as well. Strong astringents, they lead to an alteration because they can dry out the skin. And so when the skin is dry, it actually, and it's more alkaline, it actually attracts bacteria. So we're, we're changing, altering that microbiome here. You're drying out the skin. We can have some issues. Triclosan is an, an ingredient also that was banned in consumer soaps and washes in the U.S. And this is a preservative found typically in antibacterial soaps, antiseptic washes, toothpaste, mouthwashes. You might find it in your deodorant. And it may contribute to bacterial resistance. And so, you know, they, they kind of did a big examination of this ingredient to find out 
um, because especially environmentalists have been saying, hey, this this ingredient is extremely toxic to the environment. What is it doing to human health? They found that it may lead to bacterial resistance, that it's no more effective than plain soap and water in treating and washing the skin. And so they banned it in products. Interestingly, Canada, which is typically has a stronger regulation on ingredients than the US, says that it doesn't do those things, that it doesn't contribute to antibiotic resistance, for example, and that it is safe in small amounts, and that they will agree that it is toxic to the environment and the fish and water plants and species that live in the water. So they will agree to that, but they still allow it. And you can find products, over-the-counter products have, I think, 0.03% allowed of triclosan. Personal care products and like soaps and natural health products uh, allow 0.3%. Triclosan and prescription drugs are allowed 1% of this ingredient. So that's interesting. The point, however, really around this whole discussion is that the microbiome is delicate and it's important to pay attention to what we use on the skin and how we use it, especially when we're talking about babies who have brand new microbiomes that we want to build over time and we don't want to interfere with that. Hopefully, they've got a bit of a biome that's that's happening and building, but the products you use on your baby's skin is very important. As well, our gut microbiome is impacted by the chemicals we eat in our foods as well, and this goes for kids as well. And, you know, the pesticides and the dyes and the preservatives that are in our foods. And our food quality just isn't as it used to be or as it was because of the state of our soil and the pesticides and the chemicals that we use on our food and our soil. And so all of those things affect your biome. And alteration to that biome affects our immune system. And so these organisms are a part of our immune system. Also, I talked to a wonderful naturopathic doctor named Dr. Melina Roberts about this and about how that impacts the gut lining and the microbiome in babies and children and how that can impact, you know, allergies and chronic conditions like eczema. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go do so. It's episode 29, Building a Healthy Child with Dr. Melina Roberts. And we really dive in in that episode into the effects of the gut and its impact on health. So when we look at holistic health, everything is connected. You know, over time, these things all play together. And so that is the naturopathic and the functional medical view that food is medicine, that the gut is connected to the immune system. It is. And it's interesting that the trifecta of eczema, food allergies, and and allergies, general allergies, like environmental allergies, and asthma often show up together as well, all of which are connected to the immune system. So, So what does that mean? Well, it means that you know, we can be creating a system here where allergens are getting into the system, our whole body system. And allergens inside or outside the body can switch on that immune system, immune response, which leads to inflammation. And this inflammation is what causes those symptoms relevant to eczema. So when we're talking about allergens, you know, we talked about allergens inside, which is like food and different things, but also allergens on the 
outside, which are chemicals and fragrances and soaps and detergent ingredients and dander and dust mites and clothing like wool that might, you know, cause a reaction on the skin. So then the question is, what do we do about this? And what are the things we have to think about with aromatherapy? And can aromatherapy even help? Well, obviously first, you know, this is a medical condition. You should check with your doctor and a dermatologist. You know, especially if you have really persistent, really severe situations, you know, you really need medical advice. I personally like a functional doctor for myself just because I like a whole body perspective. I really believe all things are connected. And so we have to look at the whole body and look just beyond the skin to make sure there's not something else happening as well because this can be an indication of another underlying condition, for example. So typically in allopathic medicine, treatments range from topical steroids to oral steroid medications and antimicrobial medications if the skin is infected. So sometimes light therapy is used, sometimes when the skin is infected, Bleach baths are recommended, which yes, as yikes as that sounds, it is effective because it will kill bacteria. But actually, natural treatments are often well recommended as well. And so these are usually natural plant oils or what we call carrier oils that will help maintain moisture. Essential oils may be helpful as well, especially for inflammation and bacteria, but there are some things to think about here. So let's dive into it. The first thing is we really want to keep moisture in the skin. So the first thing to do is stop using the harsh product. Let's stop stripping the skin's natural oils. So don't over exfoliate, don't use harsh scrubs and astringents. You know, we want to look at gentle products. But we also want those emollients for the skin. So dry skin is both a cause and a symptom of eczema. So keeping that moisture in the skin is critical and When the skin is so desperately dry and irritated, we need emollients. And these are the products that soothe and soften the skin. So this isn't just a a moisturizer. A moisturizer has lots of ingredients. The emollient is the ingredient in the moisturizer that makes the skin soft. And so this is where the carrier oils, the natural plant oils come into play. So... A lot of times the products that we use, you know, moisturizers we use have other chemical ingredients that are irritants. They have fragrance that might be irritants for people with eczema. So lots of times people want to be really careful about what they're using and instead turn to things like these natural plant oils like coconut oil, sunflower seed oil, jojoba oil, calendula oil, borage seed oil. As well, just to be clear here, calendula oil is a uh, infusion. This is typically, say, sunflower seed oil that is infused with calendula. So that's a little bit different than just a natural plant oil. But these natural plant oils are rich in fatty acids, and those are nourishing for the skin as a skin preparation. So what we want to look for is virgin and cold-pressed oils as these are less processed and don't contain added chemicals that might irritate the skin. And if you happen to cook with some of these oils, some people cook with coconut oil, you want to make sure you keep those separate from your skin oils because if you have eczema skin that is prone to infection, getting food remnants in there is going to be really bad, okay? Plus, that's just gross. Keep your keep your oils, skin oils and cooking oils separate. I always have to say that just to be clear, most people do that, but I'm a germaphobe, so we just got to put it out there. So essential oils can be helpful as well. And these are typically helpful as anti-inflammatories for the skin 
And at the immune level, we see that, you know, lavender can actually calm the immune system right down at that, at that IgE level. And as antipyritics, as antimicrobial and antibacterial agents. So that means it will help take care of some of the bugs on the skin. So if you have a staph issue there, then that can help. Some oils might be able to help with that as well as with itching. But here's the kicker. Essential oils can also be skin irritants and sensitizers. So you have to be careful if you're choosing to use essential oils with eczema, it doesn't mean you can't use them, right? Because in fact, they are actually helpful, especially for infection. But if your skin is already reactive and your immune system is already reactive, then we have to be careful going forward here because if you're already find products to be super irritating, essential oils can be irritated if they're not used properly and appropriately. So we do have to use caution. So that's what I want to talk about here. The best way to use an essential oil to actually help with an infection or to help soothe and calm, bring down some of that inflammation is to use it well diluted in your emollient, in your carrier oil. So we can make a synergy product, so a blend, or we can make a lotion, we can make a balm, we can make an ointment. But you want to start at a low dilution amount and then see how the skin responds. Everybody's skin is different. Everybody's level of eczema is different. Everybody responds to different ingredients differently. So you want to know what works for your skin. So a low dilution and also because it's a chronic condition and it's a product that you're likely going to apply, you know, several times a day over a long period of time. Also, a low dilution reduces that risk of toxicity where you're not where you're not using too much all the time. And so that will make sure that we're being gentle here with the skin, but effective rather than irritating. So some of the oils you want to look at that have some of the best research around them are going to be sandalwood, frankincense, manuka. Those are some of the more gentle ones. I also look at things like yarrow, rose, chamomile, and lavender. So here's the thing, a note on lavender. It, you know, we never kind of know how this one's going to go. Lavender is generally a gentle oil, but for someone who's really sensitive, sometimes it can be somewhat reactive for people with eczema. And at the same time, other people with eczema find it to be very useful and have no problems with it. So this is one, you know, all essential oils should be tested on a small area of your skin. You want to patch test them for 24 hours. I would prefer if you went you know, a number of days just to make sure, you know, 72 hours, even five to seven days to make sure that your skin is okay with it before you slather yourself in it. But other people find it to be very useful. Tea tree also kind of file, falls in that one. And, you know, I'm, I would be using tea tree if there was an infection. I would also probably look at thyme and rosemary as well. Lavender will be very effective here as well. But those will need to be diluted, properly diluted, especially thyme, because that is highly sensitizing. So you're going to use that small amounts. If you're having a, a really acute infection, talk to me. We'll, we can figure something out there that might be more effective for you. But tea tree is one that some people also have trouble with. And it's very common as well. You know, same thing, you, you need to test everything before you use it. But also in some cases, Manuka that I suggested might be a little bit gentler for the skin. So typically speaking, I really find sandalwood, German chamomile, lavender frankincense, and Manuka to be really the simplest and best options. I also find the best emollient oil is coconut oil. 
It is naturally antibacterial and antimicrobial, so it's going to be very helpful for that Staphylococcus aureus that is often on the skin in eczema. And some people find that just using coconut oil on its own is actually very effective. So some precautions around this, you know, undiluted oils may be helpful for some people who have healthy and normal skin. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that, or you may be aware that I use oils neat or straight on my skin without carrier oil all the time. And I have done it for 16 years. Many people do it. It's very possible to do it, but it is not recommended for someone who has eczema. Your skin is highly sensitive and lots of times many ingredients are very irritating. So this is not going to be the time that you're going to use them neat. So dilute the oils and just go gently, right? Test it out on your skin. You might be sensitive to the oil. You might be sensitive to the carrier oil. Patch test everything before you apply it everywhere. Just make sure it's going to be okay for you and then see what happens with your skin. Some people also who are allergic to ragweed may be allergic to chamomile oils, so use caution there. If you have further questions about allergies and essential oils, go back to episode two and listen to that as I dive into why essential oils are not exactly an allergy, but that how it is still an immune response, and I break down all the myths about that and the the clarifications you need, so go listen to that episode as well. So what do I think is the best approach to eczema from an aromatherapist perspective? Well, number one, speak to your doctor. And I would say speak to a naturopath or a functional medical doctor who is going to work on the gut and the immune system. This is the first step. This to me is the most important thing. And it needs to be looked at holistically as addressing the immune system, for example, can also impact other things that might might be happening like asthma and allergies. And they're going to also look at the foods and things that you can do where, where you can bump up things like omegas and, and healthy fats, for example, in your body that will help also boost the integrity of your skin and give your body the extra nutrients it needs that it can help nourish your skin. In the meantime, then I would take care of the skin with a few things. So the second thing is to ditch the laundry detergents, the dryer sheets, the fabric softeners, powder laundry soaps. Those can kind of stay in the in clothing and then rub on the skin and that can be really painful. Also, I want to look at getting rid of soaps and clones and lotions that are full of harsh chemicals and fragrances and switch to fragrance-free and or nat- natural options with minimal ingredient lists that are meant for sensitive skin. For many of my clients and my children specifically, dryer sheets and laundry soap were some of the worst things. We use natural laundry soap and we use wool dryer balls instead of fragrance dryer sheets. That alone has made a huge difference. Also, because we have eczema and then we have asthma at the same time, that fragrance piece really impacts asthma as well. The next thing is not to overbathe. This can dry out the skin, which makes eczema worse. And then you're always going to be seeking out that extra moisture piece. So this is going to be especially important for babies and young children. Being really easy on the scrubs. Don't use harsh scrubs and harsh exfoliants. That's going to be, that's just going to make it worse as well. And then after bathing, apply your emollient right away. So pat the area, you know, kind of dry, but then apply that emollient to lock in the moisture. I really like to avoid petrolatum products like mineral oil or Vaseline. Those are petroleum based and I'm not a fan of that for the skin. So number three, if you're using an emollient with essential oils, use a low dilution. So I want to see around one to two and a half percent. 
So you're looking at one to two and a half percent essential oil to 97 and a half to 99 percent carrier oil. That seems pretty conservative and typically in a regular use, I would find that to be conservative as well. However, you do want to be conservative with eczema skin, you know, because we want to reduce the risk of irritation. So that might be a good starting point. Again, test out the products, pay attention to what happens and then go from there. And as always, my last recommendation, I come back to this point over and over and over again, like a broken record, avoid poor quality, unverifiable essential oils. Don't buy them from the box stores, the drug stores, Amazon. These are synthetic products. These are not from actual lavender, for example, and usually very, very poor quality. These are going to irritate the skin as they are manufactured chemicals and not authentic plant oils. And so, you know, when you have a skin condition, this is the absolute last thing you need to be applying to your skin. So you want to get authentic oils from high quality brands. You know, that doesn't mean if you buy an authentic oil that you're not going to have a reaction or it's not going to irritate your skin, but it does mean that you can rule out manufactured chemicals as the problem and you actually will, in fact, lower the risk of an adverse reaction. So if you really struggle on figuring out which brand to use, feel free to email me. You can head over to my website, fill out the contact form, and I can help you figure that out. I am extremely picky about the brands that I use in my clinic with my clients, the products that I recommend. So feel free to email me and I can help you figure that out. As well, I do have a recipe that I've used on my children. You can find the link for that recipe on my website or in the show notes. Go check that out. That's a tried and true recipe that I've used with my children as well as with my clients. So eczema can be a frustrating condition, but there definitely is hope and help. Aromatherapy can have a very effective place in treatment so long as you observe some safety precautions. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.